Before we jump into this week's episode, I have an exciting update to share with you. Now we have an option to not only enjoy the Aspire Mailbag on podcast platforms, but we also have video content on YouTube. Jeff Gargas and I recorded a video version of this episode, which will be hosted on the Teach Better YouTube page and on my personal YouTube channel at Joshua Stamper. But that's not all. I'm planning to bring you more engaging content on YouTube throughout the year. So expect some short form videos and interviews from the Aspire to Lead podcast. To stay updated, be sure to hit that subscribe button on both channels Your support means the world to us, and we can't wait to connect with you on YouTube with some additional video content. If you want to stay up to date on the Aspire to Lead podcast and get additional resources and content, make sure you head over to joshtamper.com and sign up for the Aspire to Lead newsletter. I'm trying to send those out weekly now to make sure that I'm getting as much content, support, and resources to you. Of course, it's free of charge, so head over again to joshtamper.com. On the main page, you can sign up for the Aspire to Lead newsletter. Now let's get to the Aspire Mailbag episode with Jeff Gargas as we are going to be answering three fantastic leadership questions. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right. Welcome back, Aspire Leaders. I was going to say the number, Jeff, but I have no idea where we're at. So this is the Aspire Mailbag. I'll say like the 30th episode. Welcome to the first ever Aspire Mailbag. Because I don't know what I'm doing. This is a brand new idea that we're doing for the very first time (laughs) today. Thanks for having me on for the very first Aspire Mailbag episode. Uh, of course, I had to have my good friend and Teach Better teammate, the CEO and co-founder of Teach Better, Jeff Gargas, with me. It feels like it's maybe the first because we haven't done it in a couple months. It's been a while, but I do know like anytime you've ever said the number, every single time I'm like, that's not. Like it always feels way more than it. But do you even have like a guess? Like I think it's like the 27th or 28th. Okay. I was gonna I say I thought somewhere close to 30, because I always feel like it was high, but that makes okay. All I right. just I just let's it up. call it okay to be safe. So in case we've already done this episode, let's call this like this is episode twenty seven point two five. So it. like if we've already done twenty seven, we're okay. But if we still do twenty seven, like this is just the point two five version. It's it's fine. It's not great. It'll, it'll be fine. Well, upgrade might not be the right word, but <laughs> the two point version of Aspire <laughs> mailbag. We're two point. Uh, we're here. One point two five version of. You went, anyway, no, so, you went the wrong direction, my friend. So, Josh, what's the Spire mailbag? <laughs> well, for those who may have never listened ever to the Spire mailbag, we reach out to you, the listener, to ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Voxer. And in the past episodes, we have answered anywhere between three to five leadership questions. I have three questions that I would love to ask Mr. Jeff Gargas, and then. I just got one through Instagram that I may throw out to you also, you know, if we have time. We'll see. The mystery right. question. Instagram showing up. I know, in the in the stories from a, a good friend of ours. So I'm um, okay. looking forward to that. So if you're ready for the questions, we can jump right in. I, I think I'm ready. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Let's do it. Let's, let's roll. You look ready. I feel ready. <laughs> okay. Do I sound confident? Because I feel... No, but 
that's another story. Okay. All right. So yes. this was from Mark Horner, our wonderful friend and admin mastermind teammate here. Uh, he asked, how do I help the increased anxiety of my teachers and students? Um, I think this is a wonderful Ooh. topic. This assumption, I know it's a big one. We touched on this a little bit on the admin mastermind last mm -hmm. week as far as tactics. I know Ray also has touched on this a little bit with our Teach Better Today live stream. So mm -hmm. what is your take on helping anxiety within the classroom for our teachers and our students. Yeah. I mean, I think not to be, not to sound cliche, but I think it, it really, it comes down to environment. Like what's the, what's the culture that you're building in your building or your district, your classroom, whatever to, to give them to one potentially decrease the level of anxiety or decrease the number of things that might cause anxiety, but also increase the opportunities they have to, to address the anxiety, to acknowledge it, and therefore to work through it. And so I think creating that culture of the fact that like it's okay to feel anxious, it's normal to feel anxious. There are a lot of things here that might cause us to feel anxious and feel worried and whatever like that, and that this is a place where we can talk about that or we can take the time to get through it and we can all be stronger together with that. So like that's not an easy solution. That's a long-term, that takes a while. But I really think if you can find a way to create that environment that allows the tactics and tools and stuff that you can find and ideas you have for handling and addressing anxiety, the first and the foundational piece of that is creating the culture and the environment where it's okay for that anxiety to exist and therefore okay to address it and try to minimize it. Minimize isn't the right word. I don't mean to minimize it, but to decrease it, right? To lessen the 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 effects that it has on the individual, on the class, on the school, and on the district and on the community. So I think it really goes into like how do we create that foundational uh, environment and culture to allow us to to address the problem. Well, I appreciate that folks are talking about it right now and trying to build solutions. I know with our MMS mind, that conversation was, you know, that they're seeing anxiety. And it's increased, especially after the pandemic. So it's something that's more common now. And so like, what are the strategies that they're putting in place and allowing for students within the classroom? So, you know, they were talking about, you know, for instance, Ray's uh, example of like jumping on YouTube and having the fireplace scene in the background for when kids were working. They're talking about like meditation and yoga, having brain breaks, and then also, you know, soft music things like that kind of creating the mood, but then also trying to make it so that it's an environment that has uh, low stress. And so um, recognizing it, but then also have an action plan for what that's going to look like in the classroom where like that, those things didn't exist, you know, when we were in school where I think folks are a lot more receptive as far as teachers to, you know, implement that in the classroom. And so folks not only seeing that there's a problem, but then like, how are we going to work with the students to make sure that that anxiety is lowered. And I absolutely yeah. love that. So that was a really positive conversation that we had in MMS men. And I loved like the resources that were provided for that. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, you mentioned this like sounds and feel, I know Chad and Ray have both share. I've had conversations with them. Like they both believe in the power of like the sense, the smells inside the room as yeah. well, touching all the senses uh, turning the lights down or change into smaller lamps. I mean, all these types of things that just set a yep. different feel in the classroom. Um, I think is important. And you think about like, you know, stuff throughout the, throughout the school and the district just, and I know some of the stuff comes off as, I don't know, corny, cheesy, whatever you want, but like those little things, the things that are on the wall, the things that you focus on and that you celebrate are 
they they do hit like they may feel whatever but like they do impact people because what they're seeing and what they're reading and what they're hearing what they're seeing you worry about and you focus on and you highlight and you raise up that is going to adjust what they feel anxious about again it goes it goes into that, that culture and environment so yeah i love that you said sent because as soon as you said that, it just like brought me back to a couple teachers from my last campus of like, you go into the room and it smells like cinnamon or pumpkin spice or something like that. And it's yeah. like, it just immediately just calms you down. When you walk you in a room, like it, it smells like calm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like it smells like calm, right? It feels, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm having, I'm having, I just saw the episode of big bang theory where Amy makes Sheldon's Mima's cookies for Christmas yep. and he bites it and he goes, they taste like her hugs. I'm like, that's like, <laughs> it sound, it's so funny, but like, you know, you can create that with sound and, and the feel and smells and all that stuff coming together, hitting their senses to really help people relax. That's why when you walk into spas, there's yeah. sense, there's music, there's different types of lighting. So those are little tactics that, that can go a long way for a student who's struggling and for a teacher that's anxious. So I think regardless of whether you're a classroom teacher and leading from there, or if you're a building leader or a district leader, like think about this both for your students and for your staff. Yeah. Because if you have well, an anxious, those, stressed out teacher, you're yeah. going to have an anxious, stressed out uh, student body. Well, the same tactics that we're talking about in the classroom, you can still do in the staff lounge. You can still do it in the Absolutely. front office. You can do it or in, in your own office. Because if you're anxious and stressed out, so it's everyone else, right? So you may just have to put this all on yourself to get yourself uh, calmed down and, and bring and back to a centered ground and to lower your anxiety as well. So Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think we could talk about this much longer about the, the different yeah. senses, but I think these were great solutions, um, at least a starting point to mm -hmm. decrease that anxiety that exists within the classrooms. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, buddy. You ready for yep, question number two? All right. So this one's from Zach Rondot. He talks about uh, the role of students playing in school leadership. So his question is, how can we incorporate and honor students' voices in decision-making that impacts the school? So what are your thoughts? I feel like what I'm going to say is so simple that it doesn't sound like it's accurate, but ask them and then listen. <laughs> like, I know that seems really Give them a platform. But like, yeah, like ask them and then listen to them. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, obviously there's certain things you, you have to play within certain boundaries and restrictions and stuff, but like, like ask all of them um, or give opportunity to hear from all of them, not just the kids that typically raise their hands or the kids that are the captains on the team or, or on student council, or whatever, but like talk to the kids. We've, we've done some cool stuff where we've had Chad and I've gotten to do, I think Ray's done some of these too. Like we've gotten to do round table discussions with students to gain feedback on the work we were doing with their teachers around, you know, their instructional practices and stuff. And it was incredibly valuable because we weren't their teacher or their admin. We had no authority over them in any way, shape or form. So they were open and we got a lot of powerful feedback and a lot of changes were made because of that. They'll tell you like, you know, they'll, they'll speak their mind. If you give them the, the space that they understand that they can speak freely, uh, obviously still respectfully, but like freely and actually give their opinion. But then I think it's just like, if you think about when you're leading your staff and you're asking them, for their voice and then the decisions you make, if you 
you it needs to be both. It needs to be that the you have to ask me, you have to listen, then you have to follow through on it. Because if if I tell you your voice is important and I listen to you, but no action ever shows that I've listened, then like they're gonna stop giving you the answers and stuff. So find opportunities to 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 listen to your students and get their feedback and then actually put some of that stuff into into action and let them know, hey, we heard you. We ask. A lot of you told us XYZ. And so here's what we're doing to to do that. This is this is you leading our school. This is you building this community with us. So I think that's as simplified as that is. But yeah, no, I think that's spot on. And I'm gonna give a couple examples of what we've done in our, our last campus was you know, allowing students to have that voice in leadership opportunities. So like if it was a staff meeting, like we had a student survey that went out. And so instead of the admin team presenting that material to the teachers, we actually had students come in and explain like why the, the, the students said what they said. Um, because I think a lot of times things happen on the campus that the teachers didn't realize. And <laughs> they were bringing things to light of like, this is an issue and this is why this is occurring on the campus. Um, we also had every committee that we had, we had obviously our staff members on there, but we also had a student component where students would uh, be a part of those. And it didn't matter if you're, you know, you're straight A student or a student that's struggling, any, any student that wanted to participate could. And we got a lot of valuable insight from them um, through that. Obviously, student council is something that's pretty popular in, in regards to getting student voice. But then we also had student-led committees also where staff was there just to make sure it was a safe environment, but they weren't a part of, you know, making the agenda or dictating, you know, what they're going to talk about. And especially things on like race and some of those like really hard hitting topics that schools have to really address to hear the students. And this is secondary, obviously, but to hear the students like have a voice in that and to try to combat, you know, things that were going on, if it's, Things like uh, vaping on campus. There were plenty of students that knew that it was occurring, but they wanted to stop, you know, so they were creating the plan of like how to work through that and to find a solution to make sure that that wasn't happening on campus. And like to have student ownership or, you know, like the TikTok stuff going on, like kids were vandalizing the bathrooms. Well, there were a lot of kids that were upset that that was occurring because they wanted to use that, that right to go into that space and feel safe and not have to witness that. So they were thinking of solutions on how to combat that. So it's it's amazing once you give them that forum and that opportunity, just the amazing reflection, suggestions, the things that they come up with. It's really powerful to sit in and, and to listen to that. And I think a lot of times we just don't give them enough credit. Like they're too young or they're too immature. They don't possess the skills. But you know, once you give them that forum, amazing things happen during those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that. And I think, I think that you hit on a really good point. In fact, that like a lot of times the things that you want to change and get better, so do a lot of the students. At your point, there are, they're possibly already thinking about, maybe they're already mobilizing and now you can support them. And that's going to, that's going to show them that you, that they align with you. I think that's a good thing. So. Yeah. Most, I mean, like 90% of the students on your campus are doing the right thing every single day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are so hyper-focused on the, on the ones that aren't doing the right thing. But if you look at the percentage of who that is, it's typically like five to 10%. <laughs> so let's give those yeah, 90% yeah. the voice that they deserve in, you know, solving the issues of the campus. Yeah. Love it. All right, man. 
Well, this last question might be controversial. Uh, I know whenever it was brought up on our campus, it was something that uh, a lot of teachers and parents had voices concerning. But this is from Alex Blensick. So thank you, Alex, for bringing this up. But his question was, what are your thoughts on the contradictions of school dress codes? And he gave an, uh, an example here. He said, for instance, shorts allowed, but holes and jeans are not. Um, so <laughs> what... I mean, there's probably a lot more contradictions within the, the school dress codes, but you know, what are your thoughts, Jeff, on on this question? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like that I one, I'm laughing at that one. I'm like, well, that one's a good instance because, like, I'm sure that's the actual example. That's not just made up. But like, why? Why can't? What is some kid having holes in their jeans? Well, for that matter, a teacher having jeans with holes on. Oh, a teacher with jeans on? Oh, man, that's crazy. But a teacher with jeans on that have holes in them, how does that actually negative impact anything at all? It doesn't. Like, that's the answer. It doesn't, unless someone makes it. And so I think when it comes to dress code, for me, it's a lot. It's really important. Like, like I think a lot of them are just because they've been there or one specific instance happened, so they changed everything, which I think you really have to look into, I think you really got to look into like, why is this part of our dress code? Like, can we, can we give an actual honest answer? Like, why is this thing part of our dress code? And does that actually make sense for either creating or maintaining a safe uh, environment for students? That's pretty much it. <laughs> safe, <laughs> like safe. And I mean, appropriate, but like, that's such a appropriate, such a, like a very like relative term, but like, I can understand things like, all right, let's not have clothing on that has profanity on it, depiction of violence, things of that nature. But like outside of that, like I think there's there's a lot. I think it's I think it's pretty well documented that a lot of them, a lot of uh, dress code things also target young young girls yep. and not for the right reasons. Um, yep. So I think it's really important, regardless of what it is, is to really look at your your dress code and say, okay, like is this is this actually like what is our actual purpose for this? Why is this actually here? And the contradictions, I think, are really easy to see in a lot of cases too. Um, so I think I don't know. I don't know if that all makes sense, but I think that's the biggest thing is like you got to look at what's the reason for it. What's the actual purpose? A lot of them are just adopted from tradition. Yeah, you know, I think coming so. from a state from Texas, like mm -hmm. you know, like as a coach, like we had to have you know short hair and no body piercings or ear piercings and like they had all these rules mm -hmm. for coaches but then they didn't have anything for tattoos and i was like okay so i can have tattoos everywhere but i can't have long hair or i can't have a beard like just some of these like outrageous things like what does that got to do with me being a, an effective coach like i mm -hmm. just didn't understand and so you know that was a big conversation of course like over the the span of like you know the five years that i was coaching that that would went away because so many pu yeah. people pushed back but it was it wasn't anything of like this is the reason why it was just something that mm -hmm. oh you know in the because that's part of our dress code it. yeah that's what we did and it just yeah. never changed and so i think a lot of things like hoodies right like I was so beaten down as an administrator to like chase kids around and be like, put your hoodie down, put your hoodie down in their grand scheme of things. It didn't matter. And <laughs> so of course we got rid of it because, you know, some kids, you know, we talk about that anxiety piece. Some kids the hoodies you know, can be a huge help. This is something mm -hmm. that keeps them safe and they, they feel better with it. So like if they're learning, what does a hoodie got to do with that? Why are yeah. we creating yeah. these battles that don't need to exist? And the next year when we, allowed kids to put these up 
guess what? The majority of kids, because it wasn't against the rules, they didn't put their hoodie up. It was more about like the rule mm-hmm. and trying to break yeah. it yeah. than actually well, wanting so to put the hoodie up. There's so many rules on. like that where like, hey, if you just make that okay, they're not going to, because it's a, it's an easy way for me to rebel. Exactly. That doesn't have extreme consequences. Yes. So I can get so, my rebellion out without. So I, I don't know. I saw there was quite a bit of contradictions in dress code. And so that was something that we fought quite a bit on our campus. And thankfully, a lot of things got abolished and kids were yeah. allowed to, to wear things. I'm with you if it's, you know, something that's depicting violence or sex or something like that. Obviously, that's not for our school communities. But also, you know, talking about the student voice, like Zach's question was, you know, there were some girl students that you know felt really targeted with the dress code previously Mm -hmm. and so we brought them in we got their voice where are the contradictions you know um and they made some wonderful amazing points that were extremely mature and they were very vocal about where they felt like this was a target specifically to our gender and it wasn't Mm -hmm. on the other side of the aisle it wasn't the boys didn't have the same expectations and so we we definitely took that into consideration as we built it for the following year so that's another place that you can ask students to to be able to talk through yeah, I think that's a, a great opportunity for bringing kids in. But I, you know, and, and obviously, I think all this is said with the understanding that like you have to deal with community, your community, your board, everything like that. But yes. I think the conversation needs to be around why, why, why should this be uh, a rule, and how does it actually impact our students? And then that's, I think that's the conversation that has to be had. So, all right, you ready for our mystery question? Oh, you have a mystery. Yeah, we have a mystery. Let's do the mystery question. Instagram yeah. stories, mystery question. Go. All right. This is from Ray Hewitt. Oh, gosh. Here we go. This is, why are some leaders cool like Josh and others weird like Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want to take that I, one, buddy? Yeah, I think the answer to that is actually fairly easy. I've worked with Ray longer. <laughs> like that's that's so, what it is. So in a few you're, years. Yo, you're doomed, buddy. Like I'm, it's, uh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, you okay. you got like another maybe two years of cool. And then it just catches up to you, man. Just catches up. I don't know what that does for me in the next couple of years, but yeah, where are you going to go in a couple of years? You know, hopefully fired. (laughs) Hopefully fired. We'll see. All right. Well, since we're talking about the team, let's transition to uh, what's going on with the Teach Better team. You know, uh, no big events right now uh, going on, but a lot of stuff going on. We're doing we're we're spending a lot of time in schools right now, all over the country, which is awesome. Just wrapped up a free PD giveaway, which is really a lot of fun, which is taking us to all over the country as well. But a few things I think the Spire audience here uh, will probably hopefully find valuable is one is our we referenced it a few times our administrator mastermind, which is led by you. It's every Tuesday morning at nine a.m. Eastern time. It is one hundred percent free. It is a space for uh, school leaders, administrators to come in and to support each other. Uh, we have some great, really valuable conversations in there. It's space if you need to vent, if you need to get out, if you need to ha- just know that you're not alone in the things that you're going for. But we also have like great, like really strategic conversations in there, really valuable conversations. If you go to teachbetter.com slash mastermind, uh, that's how you can sign up for free to make sure you get the link for that. Uh, also, it's just something to mention, like we, you and I, like you're, you're active in this community as well, which is the Edu Creator Community, our yeah. Edu Creator Club uh, Plus community, which is a community for anyone who is an educator that creates something outside of your typical role as an educator or educator. So this is if you're a podcaster, if you're a blogger, if you're an author, if you're trying, if you like going out and speaking at conferences, if you're creating YouTube videos and it doesn't have to be things that are connected to education. It can be things that are your passions that you're chasing. If you're side hustling, whatever. Um, this is a community for you to connect with other folks that are educators that are creating things. Uh, if you go to teachbetter.com slash edu creator, so E-D-U creator, all one word, 
uh, that'll take you to the page that will join that community, um, which would be awesome to have you in there. Uh, and then also just want to mention as far as community and stuff, our Facebook group, if you go to teachbettergroup.com or just search Teach Better Team on Facebook, uh, we have a private Facebook group filled with thousands of educators from all over the world that are just there to support each other and brainstorm. Uh, that's also free. Uh, that's also where you can catch the the exclusive live um, stream for the Sunday uh, warm-up show every Sunday. Um, it does get aired other places on Monday evening, but on Sunday uh, evening is where you can join Brad and and Ray and our special guests there live, uh, as well as all of our other live streams are in there as well. Great community, so teachbettergroup.com. So those three things, I think, are three things to check out. Um, yeah, that's it. And then, of course, all the resources just over at teachbetter.com. Oh, my goodness, yes. There's so much going on, and hopefully we can get you in, connected, especially in that MMS Mind group that we lead every Tuesday. All those things, you know, for the Facebook group and for Admin Mastermind specifically are, are free. And so uh, definitely jump in those communities. The educator community, I, I absolutely love that space. Um, love being a part of those conversations. Ton of resources and like-minded folks uh, that are trying to have the same goals as far as creating education resources and love being a part of, of that community. So Jeff, as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Aspire mailbag for those listeners. If you do have leadership questions, you know, you can DM them, you can email Joshua at teachbetter.com, you know, always looking for wonderful leadership questions for us to, to touch on each month. So Mr. Gargas, appreciate you as always. Appreciate you, brother.